0: Praise the Lord. Turn your Bibles to Acts chapter twenty-six. <clears throat> Acts chapter twenty-six. Did everybody get a handout? You didn't get a handout. Raise your hand, and uh, somebody will bring you a handout. Acts chapter twenty-six. When you get there, if you can stand, we'll go ahead and read that. Got all my notes arranged here. <clears throat> Acts chapter twenty-six. We're going to read almost the chapter, so hang on. Here we go. Amen. Acts twenty-six. <clears throat> Bible says. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth the the hand, and answered for himself, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before thee, touching all the things wherein I am accused of the Jews, especially because I know thee to be an expert in all the customs questions which are among the Jews, wherefore I beseech thee to hear me patiently. He's going to give his testimony. Amen. My manner of life from my youth which was at the first among mine own nation of Jerusalem, know all the Jews, which knew me from the beginning if they would testify that after the most straightest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. Now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers, unto which promise our twelve tribes, instantly serving God day and night, hope to come. For which hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jews." Why should it be thought a thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead? I verily thought within myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Which thing also, which thing I also did in Jerusalem and many of the saints did I shut up in prison having received authority from the chief priests. And when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. And I punished them oft in every synagogue, compelled them to blaspheme, being exceedingly mad against them. I persecuted them even at the strange cities. Whereupon, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the high priest, or chief priest, my Bible's messed up there. At midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven. Above the brightness of the sun, sh- "...shining round about me, uh, and them which journeyed with me, and when we we were all fallen into the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me, and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister, and a witness you get that? A witness, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in which I do appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles, of whom now I send thee, to open their minds, turn them from darkness to light, power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of the sins, and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them of Damascus and of Jerusalem throughout all the coast of Judea, then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. For this causes the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day witnessing, get that, witnessing both to the small and great, saying none other than... (coughs) Then those which are the prophets, and Moses did say should come, that Christ should suffer, and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead, should show light unto the people, to the Gentiles. And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself, much learning doth make thee mad. He didn't like his testimony, evidently. <clears throat> but he said... I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speaketh forth the words of truth and soberness. For the king knoweth of these things, for whom, uh, before whom I speak freely, for I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian." Probably the saddest words in the Bible, and Paul said, "I would to God that thou, that not only thou, but also all that hear me, I highlighted those four words, all that hear me, because there was other people there. He's giving his testimony; people are listening." That all hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for being such a great God, Lord. And uh, Father, you know my heart. You know me, Lord. I don't have anything for these folks, but you do. And uh, I pray, Lord, the notes and the things that I'll say, I pray that they'd come together. I pray somebody here tonight that maybe doesn't uh, use their testimony, would start using it, Lord, they'd be able to put it together, memorize it, and it'd be a great tool to win uh, win folks to you. Lord, we just want to tell you we love you tonight. We need your power. We need your help. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. So, Brother Mike, what's going on here? So, everybody got a handout? Okay, so... So this is about giving my testimony. I mean, I already, you know, I already know how to give my testimony, and, you know, is it, you know, is it that big a deal? You know, I don't think it's that big a deal. Well, if you don't think it's that big a deal, just wad up your thing and just throw it. But it's a pretty big deal, your testimony. Amen. Amen. Look at the top of your little handout. Revelation twelve eleven says, and they overcame him, that's talking about the devil, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Listen, your testimony <clears throat> is in the same verse with the blood of Christ. This is not a little deal, your testimony. Well, I got saved. Okay, that's great. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to tell you how to flavor up. You don't have to lie about your testimony. But you need to prepare your testimony. You need to memorize your testimony. Listen, that's something that you can use for God. You don't have to have notes. You don't have to have the Bible. You can just go somewhere, be somewhere. You're in the checkout line somewhere and somebody somebody asks you or you get on the topic, hey, let me tell you what the Lord did for me. And you can just spit it out. <laughs> Seriously. You can just and it's I'm telling you, it is powerful. <clears throat> Paul here, several times in the in the book of Acts, he gives his testimony. Thousands of people. One time there was a whole bunch of people never wanted to kill him, and he got to give his testimony to them. And they didn't even kill him. You know, he, the Romans saved him, <laughs> the guards did, but, <clears throat> but anyway. So he got saved on the Damascus Road, and you know what? It changed his life. And so your testimony, listen, really, <clears throat> after I got saved, you know, I had a burning desire in my heart to tell others about Jesus Christ. I did. Uh, <clears throat> I've not got over that. I've not got over that. Every once in a while I get cold. I get indifferent. Mo flesh. Amen? And, uh, <clears throat> and, uh, and I'll go a day maybe without handing out a track or something. You know, it just but you know what, my, this is what I do for myself. What tells me that I'm cold and indifferent, I don't have the love of Christ in my heart, that I'll go a day without handing out some tracks. I'll go a day without giving my testimony. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I get up here on Wednesday nights and I hold up a track and I say, how many passed out one track this week? And praise God, there's a lot of people that lift their hands, you know, it's a blessing. But you know, there's people that never lift their hands. I'm not looking at anybody, but hey, but there's people that never lift their hands. Hey, there's people that have positions in the church, never lift their hands. What's with that? I got saved. I'm supposed to tell people about Jesus, amen? Uh, He was saying it this morning. Are you ashamed? Are we ashamed of Christ, you know? You know what the world's trying to do now? Trying to shut us up, aren't they, Brother Stevens? They're trying to shut our mouths up. Trying to make us quiet. You crazy psycho-Baptists. Just quiet down. I'm not going to beat you up tonight, okay? Okay. I'm going to try to be nice, so I get the bad stuff out of the way first. <clears throat> but, turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. We're going to get into the handout here in a minute. It'll go pretty quick. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. <clears throat> Look at verse 12. 1 Peter 3, 12. <clears throat> About to lose my voice. I was down at the jail today at and uh, when you go to jail, you just yell and scream and throw chairs and just have a ball, you know. But I always lose my voice. First Peter 3.12, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and His ears are open unto their prayers. We heard about that this morning. God knows what you're thinking. He sees, he sees you where you're at. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if ye be the followers of that which is good? But, and if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. Look at verse 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always, and be ready always, I underlined that in my Bible, to give an answer to every man and ask you the reason the hope is in you with meekness and fear. Hey, we're supposed to be ready always to give an answer of the of the hope that you have in you amen so you can use a track for that but I'm telling you you need to work up your testimony and make it presentable, make it exciting. I'm telling you you need to work this thing up some of you are looking at me like you know what the, hey you know what this message or this lesson I'm not a preacher that this lesson will do for you tonight it'll tell you if you're saved or if you're not saved, because if you got a testimony, you're just like Paul. Amen. You were on the Damascus Road. If you, if Paul was on the Damascus Road, and the light shone from heaven, I bet Paul could take you back to the place where the light came. I bet he could tell you that what was it, noon? The noon? It was right at noon or something. I think that was in there. Yeah, and so he could take you to the place and, and it'd probably tell you the time. I and mean, I'm, I'm not saying you remember everything. Maybe you were younger when you got saved. Maybe you can't remember exactly when it was. But, <clears throat> but this lesson tonight, when we get done, you'll 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 have a testimony. You'll know about about your testimony. But if you don't have a testimony. Maybe you need to get saved. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So I first got saved and, uh, I started listening to preaching tapes, you know, all these preachers that go around and try to get people saved, you know. So I was just, I was just wound up when I first got saved and, uh, heard about this preacher from Alabama and he would, uh, he would get somebody in his church, a deacon or just some guy in his church and fill a couple gas cans. And he'd wait till about 10 o'clock at night. He'd go out on the interstate and drive down the interstate. Just look for somebody out of gas. Find somebody out of gas. Give them free gas. Tell them how to be safe. <laughs> so you know what I did? I got a teenage guy in that church in Nebraska when I was living up there. And uh, I told him about the whole thing and he got all fired up. You know, these teenage guys, they'll, they'll go. Amen. <laughs> Ask some of these older guys. Well, I don't know. So, you know, I'm tired. I got to get up in the morning. These teenage guys, and they'll go. And so anyway, we got out on Interstate 80. Drove about 50 miles down the interstate, 50 miles back. We did find somebody that was having car trouble. Tried to help them and witness to them, and they didn't get saved. But you know what? We had a blast. We had a blast talking about the Lord. I was listening to preaching tapes, cassette tapes, on a little teeny. Battery powered cassette player. We had that thing turned up all the way, you know, we were screaming and yelling and anyway. I was excited I got saved, amen. You still excited? Still excited about your salvation? Do you tell people? You tell people about it? <clears throat> I told these preacher boys I'd pick on them. <laughs> Brother David, you saved? Praise God, Amen, Amen. Did you tell somebody this week? Yes, Amen. Brother Matthew, saved? Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Tell anybody this week? Not this week. Amen. Brother Cole, yes, are you saved? Yes, sir. Amen. I like his, I like his leading, Amen. That's great. Did you tell anybody about the Lord this week? I did, yes. Amen. Amen, Amen, Amen. Brother Abram, you saved. Praise God! You think so? (laughs) Hand out your tracks this week. Amen, amen. If you handed out tracks, I'll count that. Okay, amen. Let me see who else. Who else wants? No. (laughs) But anyway, uh, anyway, I got all wound up when I first got saved. You know about telling somebody. You know. And I, me and, and Miss Doreen Hager, we've had some talks about that. Just, you know, this, just struggling with doing it. You know, when I first got saved, I was just, I'd listen to these preaching tapes and I'd just get under conviction. Like, man, I got to tell somebody I got to do something. I got to witness to somebody. And, uh, <clears throat> I was dating Carol. So that'll tell you how long ago it was about 44 years ago. She lived on 10th street downtown and, uh, I would go to see her. We weren't married yet, but we'd go and we'd watch TV. And her mom would, about 11 o'clock, her mom would run me off, you know. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, <clears throat> so I got in my car one night, headed up 10th Street, heading home, got to the top of the hill. There's a great big apartment thing there. That used to be Missouri Western 60 years ago. <laughs> anyway, there was a guy. Changing a flat tire. He's an older guy, but 40 years ago, I was a young guy. And so <clears throat> I pulled in, and I thought, here's my chance. I'm going to help this guy, and I'm going to witness to him. And, and I'm so, <sighs> and, it, and it's just hard sometimes. When I first started doing this, it, it was just hard. I'm just telling you, it was hard, amen? And uh, <clears throat> and it's just building up inside, you know, and I'm just going, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And uh, anyway, I got down, helped the guy, Zoe. I was helping fix the tire. He's kind of an older guy, and he's standing over me, you know, and I was down there. I had the lug wrench, and I'm tightening all the, the lug nuts, you know. And I thought, as soon as I get done with this, I'm telling him. And I, and I stood up. I had that tire wrench, and I said, If you died today, would you go to heaven? And I'm walking at him like that. I'm just all worked up, and I'm going to do this, you know. That guy's backing off. Hey, hey, settle down. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I said, well, I don't want to kill you. I just want you to know for sure you're saved. It was nuts. I'm telling you, it was nuts. <clears throat> anyway, you know what we did? I had a little pocket Bible. We sat down on that curb, street light. I showed that Older guy, how to get saved? He didn't get saved. But you know what that did for me? It just kind of broke the ice of approaching people, talking to people, telling people how to be saved, amen? And when it comes to knocking doors, when Brett took over the bus routes, you know, it's been, I don't know how many, several years ago. But anyway, so Brett comes to me. You know, he thinks I'm like the super-duper door-knocker guy or something. Anyway, he comes to me and says, Brother Wolfram, can I knock doors with you? Can you show me how to knock doors? And I'm thinking, okay, so we go out to knock doors. So if you've ever been with Brett, I never had been. We get out of the car. We don't walk on the sidewalk. We're walking down the street, middle of the street. People out, you know, and he and breaths, hey, how you doing? How you doing? We're from Bible Baptist. We, you want to go to church? I'm thinking, what am I doing here? <laughs> we walked up these steps. I don't know if you remember this. There was a pit bull. I'm telling you, this pit bull was this big, this tall, had a log chain on, and he's running and, and jerking him upside down with that log chain snarling and biting and all of this, you know, I'm back by the steps. Brett, he walks up there, hey, how you doing, honey? How you doing? He walks right up to that dog. I thought the dog was going to eat him. And the dog just kind of curls down, his tail starts wagging, you know. Brett's, Brett's just kind of hugging on him and everything. And uh, <laughs> and there was a great big, it's just a big black fella, and uh the guy that lived there, and he came out, and he walked over to Brett, and he goes, that dog didn't eat you? Come on in. I mean, it was amazing. You know, I, I, I thought, man, he don't need me. I need him. You know, but it was, uh, it, it, was just, it was a great thing. <clears throat> but anyway, boldness. One more verse, and then we'll get into this outline here. Turn to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Brother Mike, I don't have boldness. Okay, you're telling on yourself. I'm telling on myself. (laughs) Acts chapter 4, look at verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, that'd be me, they marveled and they took knowledge of them. Look at this, that they had been with Jesus. What are you saying, brother Mike? I'm just saying when I'm not bold, I'm not I haven't been spending time with the Lord. Amen. Hey, you get in this book, you get on your face. You ask God to help you be bold. I'm just telling you, God will make you bold. God will help you be bold. He can do it for you. He can. I'm telling you, He can. Well, I was just born shy. That's an excuse. (laughs) That's just an excuse. I used to use it. Amen? You can conquer that. You can overpower that with God's help. Hey, with God's help, you can be bold like Peter and John. Spend some time with God. God will give you boldness, power. Amen? I was down at the jail today. I I parked. I pulled up. And I got my radio or my Pandora turned way up, you know, and I can't remember who was singing. Man, it was good. And, you know, I'm I'm just, my truck's doing this, you know. And, uh, And then so I park and shut it off. And then I open the door, and then there's a SUV about two cars up right in front of the jail. And that whole thing is vibrating. And it's like boom, 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 boom. You know, it's just, you know how it is, the boom box thing. And the uh, windows are rolled down, and I, it's so loud. I'm two or three cars away. It's like, ah, it's loud. So I grab all my stuff, I walk up there, and I, I grab a Gospel of John, and one of pastors' tracks, you know. And uh, and I peek in the window, and I just kind of wave like this. And the guy, he turns it down, and I said, Hey, how you doing? Just want to give you an invite to church. Riverside Baptist, my name's Mike. Just want to give you an invite. Open up that track, you know. Wow, is this the same guy? I said, Yeah, it's the same guy. I said, I look just like that guy. Back in the 70s, I said, "I was a mess. God helped me, change my life, amen. He's just looking at me. I'm looking into (laughs) window. Hey, I said, what's your name? He goes, Chris. I said, Chris, God's looking for you. Do you know that? He goes, I'm telling you. you 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 need to get bold. Amen? You need to come out of your shell and start approaching people. You don't have to be obnoxious. You don't have to be mean. You just gotta have a little caring heart, you know, just smile, ask them, give them something. And I like to do that. I like to tell them, hey, God's looking for you. Amen. <laughs> I got into jail, had, I don't know, seven, eight guys in there. I told them the same story. <laughs> I don't know if they're saved or, or not, you know, but it was, I just wanted to hear it again. Amen. So, let's get into the, uh, to the handout. So here, your personal testimony. And uh, let me see it's what time do we get out? Quarter till. <clears throat> I'm going to go fast, Brother Nathan. I'm going to go fast. Right at the top. So you got some fill-in blanks, OK? This will help you. It'll help you stay awake. It'll help you write some things in. It'll help you, OK? We're going to talk about your testimony. how to give your testimony how to put a testimony together, right? How to make it uh, make it presentable, amen? Hey, anybody that's in sales or anything, they they work things over. Now, we're not selling God. We're telling people about God. I tell somebody how I got saved, <clears throat> I want it to be presentable. I want it to make sense, right? I want them to get something out of it, see? <clears throat> so, before I get into this, I'm going to give you my testimony real quick. I was born and raised in St. Joe, Missouri. Grew up in a good home. Had a good mom and dad. It was kind of like the Leave it to Beaver family. Remember them old shows? Dad went to work. Mom stayed home. We went to church every Sunday. But in my heart, I was a rebel. Grew up a rebel. <clears throat> got drafted. Graduated from high school. Got drafted to go to Vietnam. Spent some time over there. I joined the Navy. Ended up over there anyway on an ammo <laughs> ship. But uh, <clears throat> my life was a wreck life was a wreck. Drugs and alcohol, my life was a wreck. I won't say any more about that. But uh got out of the service, moved back home, and uh, started hanging around with my old friends, got right back in trouble. That's what old friends are good for. That's all they're good for. And uh, and I came to this conclusion that I had to get out of town. <laughs> I had to get away from these people, those people. Amen? So packed everything I had in my car Got out on I-29, headed north, hit I-80, got halfway across Nebraska, pulled in Lexington, Nebraska. Yeah. Got a job. And, uh, first week I was there, a guy come up to me, wanted to know if I wanted to do some drugs. I got back into doing it. Listen, I got back at doing things I said I would never do. And my life was just up and down and up and down. One, you know, one bad thing to the next. Uh, <clears throat> I really thought about ending it. I'm telling you that's how low I was. Hey, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was just tired of it, you know I was a mess and uh anyway, where I was working there was a big tall guy His name was Harry George. I don't know if you guys know who he is the guy that uh, responsible for me getting saved and uh, I met him there at that work and he saved and uh, he 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 started taking me hunting and fishing, and uh, he didn't cram the Bible down my throat. Uh, long story short, he invited me over to his house one night, August 28th, 1976. <clears throat> it was a Friday night, and uh, we ate tacos. I've told that story, I don't know how many times. We ate tacos, and then we went in the living room. I thought we were just going to watch TV. He brings in a shoebox full of old-fashioned gospel-preaching cassette tapes. I'll tell you how old I am, amen? <clears throat> And he plugged in that first preaching tape, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, midnight, one, two, three, six o'clock in the morning, still listening to them preaching tapes, listen to them all night long. <laughs> amen. I knew I was supposed to get saved, get baptized in the Baptist church, get my hair cut. <laughs> no. I mean, I, I, yeah, I listened to preaching all night long. Amen. So anyway, uh, <clears throat> so the sun was coming up. And uh, he said, you want to go crash in this bedroom? I thought for sure he, he would want me to get down and get saved. He didn't say nothing. I went and laid in that bed. Room was just getting light, you know how it is. And, uh, <clears throat> and I asked Jesus Christ to come in my heart and save me. I asked him seven times. God, I know you're there. You know everything about me. I don't know you at all. Will you save me and forgive me? I asked him seven times. <clears throat> how'd you, how come you did that? I just want him to hear me. <laughs> Amen. I just want to get through. But I got saved and my life changed. And, uh, and there's more to it I could say. But hey, that's my testimony. And I can, I can just, I can just spit it out. I can just kick it out. Yeah. And I, I try to give it a couple of times a week to somebody. I got it in my computer. I print it out. I mailed my testimony, all my relatives. Yeah. You need to do it. you got a testimony. You need to do it. Amen? So let's get into this. Right at the top, a testimony. What is it? It's an open public acknowledgement or declaration of, as a of faith or a religious experience. Everybody's got one, has a testimony. Whether you're raised in a Christian home or grew up in a very dysfunctional family, you have a God-given testimony. Your testimony is very powerful, must be developed into an evangelistic tool. Amen. I'm telling you, how many times I give my testimony at the prison that I have somebody sitting across from me and just start weeping and just like, man, that's what I need. You know, where you been? And I said, well, I've been trying to get out here. <laughs> Amen. I'm just telling you, you give your testimony, it does things to people. Number one. When you use your testimony, your audience cannot disagree with you. Most of the time, they will be spellbound by what you are saying—things about life and death, real life after you die. They are powerless to challenge you. Hey, <clears throat> you might—you uh, might have had a bad experience with witnessing to, to somebody, and in uh, and quoting scripture, which is good. Sometimes they'll fight you over the scripture. Oh, I don't believe that. You know, that's just man. Some man wrote that. Okay. <clears throat> When you're giving your testimony, they can't tell you that's not right. That's your testimony. It happened to you. See? Yeah, number two. You can say things in your testimony in a subtle way that will not be offensive, that if said straightforwardly would offend someone. Look what, look what I got here. Example. Mr. Jones, I understand you belong to the Methodist Church. You go to church every Sunday. I must inform you that going to church won't save you or anybody else. You see how that sounds? I'm attacking this guy's religion. You know he's going to get mad. So how do you do it? Look at my testimony here. All my life, I had attended church faithfully, and my soul ached for a deeper reality. Then I heard the gospel. Suddenly I discovered that churches cannot save, only the Lord Jesus Christ can save. You see that? So you can give your testimony, you can say things in your testimony that would run people off, but if you say it in the right way, gets the message across, see? And, and it, it works. I'm just telling you, work. works. Number three, a testimony is designed to wet one's appetite for more. <clears throat> so every time I go camping, I've been camping with uh, with other people in the church before, <clears throat> and usually somebody else is cooking, unless I'm camping by myself. And so first thing in the morning... And you just you wake up in your sleeping bag and you smell coffee, and you smell bacon. Amen? So what's that do? That gets you out of the rack, real quick. Amen. Coffee on, bacon on. What's that do? That wets your appetite for breakfast, see? So what's your testimony doing? Your testimony is going to whet somebody's appetite for God. See, you're giving them some stuff that, oh, really? I didn't know that. Really? That's what, that happened to you? That, really? That's how you changed? See? So, look at the next thing here. The outline of your testimony. Letter A. Fill in the blank here. What you were like before you became a Christian. What you were like before you became a Christian. So if you were saved at an early age, your testimony will be different. Then, if you were saved at an older age. see. So if you're saved at a younger age, <clears throat> it's just going to be different. Look what it says here. At an early age, something went wrong, or something was wrong. Maybe you were afraid to die, you're afraid of God when you're a younger person. See? So you need to include that in your testimony. As an adult age, look what it says here, stress your restlessness. So if you were an intellectual person, your studies were empty. I know some people that go to college all the time. Take courses, more courses, more courses. Nothing wrong with that. <clears throat> but that won't fulfill your, that place that God has, see? <clears throat> and so sometimes uh, in an intellectual person, they're just going to be empty. A socialite, but alone in a crowd. A party person, sex, alcohol, drugs, but no fulfillment. A religious person, enslaved by rules, but no freedom, no joy. Remember Paul's testimony? He was a Pharisee. He was the top of the pile of the religious people. And it didn't didn't do him any good. He was lost. So you need to include that in your testimony. Be creative, but communicate as unsaved you were a person that was wanting. See? See? Something missing in your life. So, so you need to work that in. Okay, letter B. What happened the day you received Christ? Write that in. Received Christ. <clears throat> what made the difference? Was it a special service? Revival or something? Was it a witness from a friend? You know, the guy that led me to the Lord, basically. You know, he invited me over to his house, played some cassette tapes. Do you ever think about doing that, inviting somebody lost to your house? Just come over for lunch and just say, hey, I got something I want you to listen to. Put on some preaching. Now you can just YouTube it. You know, you don't even have to mess with cassette tapes. But was it a witness? Was it bizarre or natural? Was it a tragedy? You know, I've known people that got saved because of a tragedy in their life. Yeah. Letter C. How Christ changed your life. How Christ changed your life. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be Christ, a new creature, old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. Listen, when you get saved, when you get saved, people ought to notice something different about you. The way you talk. You know, I had I had several friends and uh and I got saved. And it wasn't no time, I didn't have any friends. I mean, I try to get him to come to church, and they're they're like, "Man, what are you nuts, Wolfie? You're nuts. You're going to be. Are you on drugs? What's wrong with you? You're messed up." I mean, it's crazy. It's just <clears throat> you should change when you after you get saved. Things should be different. Look what it said. People will look at you with amazement, and they are thinking, "How did you change?" No matter the reaction, they are hurting on the inside. Listen, people, people, you got friends, family, whatever, and uh, you got saved, and, and, and they think you're weird, or maybe in a crowd, they might make fun of you, but you know what? They're empty. They're empty inside. They probably want what you got. You need to tell them. No one can argue with you. It's your personal story. Don't brag on yourself. Give God the glory. Glory in your assurance. Hey, glory in your assurance. I know, I know that 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 I'm saved. I know it. I can't lose it. It's everlasting. It's eternal. I can't lose it. I know that I know that I know. Uh, look, at it, it says basic issues in your testimony. Bold letters there. Letter A, you discovered that you were a sinner. <clears throat> Romans 3.23, for all sin comes short of the glory of God. You thought you were a good person, but found out you were a sinner. God's law, the Ten Commandments, amen? Good old boys don't go to heaven. I'm telling you. I found out I was a sinner. You know, I knew I was a sinner. I just didn't know that I had offended a holy God with it, to the point that He would reject me and send me to hell. I didn't, I didn't have all that. I had religion. I was raised in religion, but I didn't have the, I didn't understand it all, see? A lot of people have religion, but they're, it's just, it mixes them up. (laughs) Amen? John chapter three, Nicodemus. He is so full of religion, it's dripping off of him. He comes to see Jesus. Jesus trying to get it in his head. You gotta be born again. It's a spiritual thing. Get rid of your religion. Chuck your religion. Well, he didn't get saved there in John chapter 3. You flip the page, John chapter 4, here's a woman at the well, no religion. She gets saved. She's a mess and she knows it. Jesus tells her that. Man, he she gets saved immediately. Goes to town. Brings back a crowd of people. Come see a man. Told me everything I did. Amen? Yeah. So basic issues. You discovered you were a sinner. Letter B, you discovered that Christ died for your sin. 2 Corinthians 5, 14, for the love of Christ constrained us because we thus judged that if one died, <clears throat> then we're all dead. He died for you. He died for me. Christ died for me. That's amazing. Now, you know, I, I knew that in, in religion, I knew he went to the cross. I knew all that. But it never was personal, see, Religion is not personal. Salvation is personal. Amen? I, I talk to the guys at the prison, and, and this, is, this, is, this is what I tell them, because they know the terminology. Amen? They know the terminology. This is what I say. <clears throat> so the Bible teaches salvation. Religion is probation. So they know what I'm talking about. Oh, I gotta stay good. I gotta be good enough so I don't get thrown back in prison. I gotta change my life because if I don't, they're gonna put me back in. I got saved. Listen, I got saved. I was a mess. God saved me, forgave me. <laughs> Amen. I don't have probation. I got salvation. Amen. I got salvation. Amen. <clears throat> so, let, look at letter, uh, where are we at? Letter C. You are certain of your belief, write that in. You know that you are saved, write that in. You have no doubt about it. 1 John 5.13, look what it says, These things that were written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. (laughs) Amen? I knew that when I got saved. I just didn't know where it was in the Bible. (laughs) Amen? God had given me that assurance that I know that I know, that I know, that I have eternal life, and I, did, I, did, I, just, I didn't know where it was. And uh, I, was, I was going with this preacher in this church, and once a week he would go to another town, had a little small church and a bunch of old people, they were, they were just trying to hold the thing together, and he would go there and preach every Thursday night. So I would go with him, because I just wanted to hear some preaching, you know. And, uh, and he preached that one night on John, First John 5.13, and he got up there and he, and he read it. These things ever written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. (laughs) And I, that was before I started saying amen in church. (laughs) And I just like, I just like, yeah. (laughs) I didn't know you were supposed to say amen or anything. I just said, yeah. I knew it was in there. I didn't know where it was. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. You're certain of your belief and you know that you're saved and you don't have any doubts. You know what? That just mystifies lost people. That drives lost people just crazy. You know that you're saved? You know you're forgiven? You know you're going to heaven? How do you know that? Well, let me tell you. See? That's part of your testimony. Look, okay, look, bold letters. We're doing great. What your testimony should suddenly how do you say that? Subtly. Uh, what's a better way to say that, huh? That's subtly. Subtly communicate. <laughs> well, it means get the thing across, I guess, yeah. <clears throat> Letter A. Write this in. Religion doesn't save. Religion doesn't save. Religion won't save you. You're, hey, if, you're, if you grew up, on your mom and dad's religion, you never had a one on one experience with Jesus Christ, you still got religion. You don't have Christ. I'm just telling you. Religion won't save you. Yeah. John 14, 6, Jesus uh, saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Got to go through Jesus Christ, Him alone. Not him and his mother. Not him and anybody. Jesus alone. My religion never changed my thinking on sin. Never did. Religion is never personal. Religion is empty and cold as the buildings they meet in. Religion, yeah. <clears throat> Look at letter B. Most people have no, right this in, purpose in life. Use yourself as an example before you got saved. Most people have no purpose in life. Matthew 16 says, For what shall a prophet of man if he gain the whole world, losing his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So in your testimony, hey, in your testimony, <clears throat> wherever you're at in life, you can kind of add, I wrote down some things here. So what happens after you're a teenager? What then? What happens after you get married? Hopefully you'll stay married, get the right one, amen. What happens after working 30 years at Altec? I retired. Okay, after retirement, what? Brother Greer? Well, I'll tell you what's after retirement, it's death. What about after death? (laughs) Not that you're going to die, but Hopefully you won't die tonight in church, <laughs> but. Well, hey, you see where I'm going with this? Hey, every, most people don't even have a purpose in life. Well, I'm gonna, I get, I'm going to school. Okay, where are you going to school? They tell me. What happens after you get out of school? Well, I'll probably get married, meet the right girl. Okay. What happens after you get married? Well, have some kids. Okay. What, what about after that? Well, you know, I'll have a job by then. Yeah, okay. What about after the job? Well, I retire. You see? It's just get up, go to work, come home, eat, and go to bed. Most people, hey, most of the people out there, they're just in that rut of life. They don't know there's a God that loves them. They don't know. They don't have what we have here. I'm telling you, this is amazing what we have here. It's amazing. Most people are thinking, why am I here? Where am I going? What happens after I die? Most people have that. Right here, in front of them. It's our, it's our job to tell them. Look at letter C. At a point and place in time, write that in, time, you pass from death to life. Remember Paul's testimony? He's on the Damascus Road, middle of, middle of the day, a light from heaven. Amen? He remembers that. Where'd you get saved? How'd you get saved? Where was you? Hey, I was in a house at 1617 Papio Lane in Cozad, Nebraska. On a Friday night, August 28th, we ate tacos. I went in the living room. I listened to preaching from 7 o'clock till 6 in the morning. I got saved that morning. Somebody, hey, somebody big as God moves into your life and you don't remember some of it? I'm not saying you have to remember it all. I said that one night, it was a, I don't think I was preaching, I think it was just a soul winning tip, and there was somebody that wasn't a member of our church, and they come up afterwards, man, they got in my face like, I don't remember when I got saved. You don't have no right to tell me that. I said, okay, I'm sorry. But if you're not saved, you need to get saved. Hey, I always tell this to the guys at the prison and jail. My favorite president, President Reagan. So if President Reagan, and I'm telling this to somebody in prison. So I said, if President Reagan was the president, he got a hold of the warden, and he says, I want to take you out to lunch. And I'm president, sure the warden will bow down and say, I'll do that. So the president comes, are you with me? You with me? I know it's stuffy in here. Hey, the president comes, gets you out of prison, gets some clothes to put on you. You can take your orange off, amen. Put on some good clothes. You go out to eat. President says, Where do you want to eat? You tell him. So you go somewhere and you stay long enough to eat two meals. Not just one, two meals, see? Two steaks. Amen, Brother Aaron. <laughs> and uh and you spend time with the president. You with me? Eat lunch, you talk. You visit for two or three hours. He brings you back to to the prison. You go back in prison five years from now. Tell me your story about the president. Oh, yeah. He came to prison, got me. We went to this place. I ate two meals. I bought, he bought two steak dinners for me. Ten years from that time. Tell me your story about the president. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you the story about the president. Twenty years. 30 years, 40 years, 60 years later, if you still got a memory, you remember the president coming, getting you out of prison. You probably remember what you ate, what you talked about. What am I saying? You don't remember when God saved you? You don't remember some of it? Somebody as big as God moving inside of you, and you don't remember that? Something wrong there. Amen? If you don't have a testimony... Maybe you're not saved. Amen? I'm not trying to get somebody to doubt their salvation. You know if he's in there. Amen? I knew at the very moment I got saved, he moved in. It's like, wow. God lives inside of me. Do you know the Holy Spirit lives inside of me? The God that created the world lives in me? (laughs) It's awesome, Skylar. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Hey, if I look at something I shouldn't be looking at, what are you looking at that for? If I hand out a track, he goes, man, that's good. That's good. Give out another one. You know, that's just God, see? If you don't have that, something wrong. Look at letter C. Oh, we got that. Time and a place, yeah. <clears throat> Look at letter D. Christ died and rose again. Put your faith, write that in. You put your faith in that. Christ died and rose again. You put your faith in it. So what is faith? The easiest thing that I can explain to people about faith is what Brother Williams used to say when I was when he was the preacher. Faith is just believing God's Word enough to act on it. That's faith. God said it, okay, I'll take you up. You don't have to decipher what the Bible's saying. Just take it for what it says. I'll save you and forgive you. Okay, I'll take you up on it. Amen. I mean, it's, it's, it's just that simple. Christ died, letter D, Christ died, rose again, you put your faith in that. That's faith. That's just simple faith. <clears throat> we are saved by faith. Dare not leave it out of your testimony. Faith is believing God enough to act on His Word. Amen. Look at letter E. We're almost done. Getting out of here in record time. Amen. Let, letter E. Things are different now. We already said something about this, but look Second Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things passed away. Behold, all things are still, or have become new. We're still in this robe of flesh, but things have changed. Amen. Talk about the change (laughs) in your testimony. Amen. I got saved. Man, things changed. Amen. All these guys on the front row here, all these guys on the front row, I don't know all their testimonies. I know some of them. But all these guys on the front row, they know if they got a testimony. They do. They know if they don't have a testimony. And everybody else here, you know. And I know some of y'all's testimonies. Brother Andrews, he's telling us today several times about him and his wife getting saved, man. It was That's a blessing, amen? Things are different now. I'm still in this robe of flesh, but things have changed, amen? (laughs) When I was working at OutTech, this is just God. I'm not trying to brag on me or nothing, but but I, I told everybody that I worked around that I saved, amen? I'd have people coming down the aisle, I'd, I'd meet managers coming down the aisle, coming and going. Sean Mason, super guy. I always liked Sean. And uh, I don't know how many times I'd be going in the office or coming out, and he'd be walking by me. He'd always say, hey, Wolfie, what's, what do you know for sure? I said, Sean, let me tell you, I know for sure I'm going to heaven. You know that for sure? Well, yeah, okay, I got to go. I'm just telling you, God will give you that if you if you take advantage of it. Okay, real quick, and we're done. Issues to avoid when giving your testimony. Don't get too complicated. Write that in. Complicated. <clears throat> Come to a period often. <laughs> so don't, hey, don't just put a whole bunch of stuff in there, doctrine and different things like that. You're talking to people that don't know, they don't know nothing about God's Word or God or anything else. Don't make it complicated. You know, just what happened to you? You were lost, you were in sin, you were messed up. Somebody told you about Christ, how that He's the Savior of the world, He's the Messiah, you know? You got saved. Okay, look at the next one. Stick to the point. Write that in. Stick to the point. Don't chase rabbits. (laughs) You heard my testimony. I give that testimony, I just bang, 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 and it's it's out there, and I've done it, I don't know how many times. Brother John can tell you my testimony. He's heard it so many times. You need to, you need to have that. I'm telling you, you need to have that. I don't know how many times I've been door knocking, hand somebody a track, invite him to church, get talking a little bit, and, and, uh, and it comes around to, I'm a Christian. Really? What's Christian? Yeah. How do you believe? Let me tell you. And I give him my testimony. Just bang, bang, bang. I'm telling you, it's so fun. It's so fun to give. You're just missing out on tons of fun. Why is that? Because when you, hey, when you're telling people about Christ, God has to go through you to get to them. So God is just moving through you, wave after wave. You know, it's that way when you preach. When you're a preacher, that's what they tell me anyway. God's just moving that's why they, they never want to stop. Just, I, I'm, I'm almost done, you know. Anyway, because <laughs> it feels good. That's what they tell me anyway. Oh. Look at the next one. Don't ask questions. Write that in. Don't ask questions or the spell will be broken. <laughs> so in the middle of your testimony, don't stop and ask a question. It'll just shut the whole thing down. You'll go off on somewhere chasing something. You'll never get back. See? So don't ask questions. It'll, it'll, the spell will be broken. Look at the next one. Avoid denominational name calling. Listen, I never, I was raised in the Catholic Church, okay? And I didn't get saved by that. There's no way you can get saved by that doctrine. But in my testimony, I never say that. I always say I was raised in religion. See? If they want to ask you, that's okay. But don't, don't get into de- de- denominational name calling. Because hey, you'll be, you'll be talking to somebody and you might say, well, yeah, I got out of that religion, man. That thing's a mess. It's taking me to hell. And that's what they are. <laughs> What's that going to do? That's shutting the whole thing down. That's putting a wall up between you and them. You're better than them. Why are you at my house telling me how good you are? When you left my religion, say you don't want to use religion. Don't it, it's, it just it doesn't do any good. Look at the next one. Your first sentence is crucial. Your first sentence is crucial. Remember what I said in my testimony? <clears throat> Born and raised in St. Joe, Missouri. Grew up in a good home. It's kind of like the Leave It to Beaver family. So what's that? That grabs their attention immediately. So I, I had to change that at the prison because I would say it at the prison and the guys would go, "What?" I'm not sure what movie or sitcom I'm going to update to, but anyway. But your first sentence is crucial, see? What do you want to do? You want to get their attention. You want to kind of lock them in, see? So just pray about it. Have have Put something in there that works. Last thing, don't glory in your past sins. Glory in Christ. Listen, I've been around people, not anybody in here, But I've been around some people that used to come to this church, that I would go with them, door knocking or witnessing or whatever, and, uh, and they would give their testimony, but here's their testimony. Yeah, I was doing this, and I got into this, and they would just talk about their sin. Almost the whole time you were there. It was almost like they're glorying in their sin. You know, how, I'm a great big sinner, you know, that's, ah. It's okay to give some of that but don't glory in your past sins, glory in Christ. Last note here, remember when you share your personal experience, you have a captive audience who will not argue, for they cannot refute your experience. You can say things here that would be offensive as stated propositionally. The point of your testimony is not to communicate everything you know about the Bible, but to create an interest and incite a curiosity that will make men want to know more about your faith. Let me just encourage you I've had some people, I've done this before a couple of times here, and I, I had some people that, that wrote out their testimony and gave it to me and said, Can you go over this? And how's that sound? What do you think of that? Amen. You need to do that. You need to do that. So if you think you don't need to, your testimony, just just it up. But I'm telling you, if you don't use your testimony, you're missing out on a great big blessing to you. But you'll see people saved. You'll see people turn their life to get turned around because of your testimony. Amen? You need to do this. You need to do this. Oh, I'll do it someday, Brother Mike. No, you need to do it. You need to do it this week. Call me up. I'll come over. Well, I'll help you write the thing out. I'm I'm serious. I'm retired. I'm not dead yet. Amen? (laughs) Let's pray. Father, thank you for being so good to us. Thank you that you gave me a testimony. And I thank you that I get to share it with a lot of people in a lot of places. I still get excited when I talk about how I got saved. Lord, there might be somebody here tonight, they don't have a testimony. They've been maybe in religion all, their whole life. They've never been born again, never been saved the way the Bible says. Be a great night tonight to get that all settled. Father, I pray that you'd help them come. And for those of us who are saved, be a great thing tonight if somebody would make a commitment with you. Just one person tonight would be worth all of this. Make a commitment with you to Write out their salvation, memorize it, be able to say it at a drop of a hat. Lord, be a great thing. Lord, you gave us a testimony. Help us not to be ashamed of it and hide it. Help us to use it for your glory. We ask this in Christ's name.